everyone, and welcome to another episode of What the Chell, your friendly neighborhood non-misogynistic hockey podcast. We are your hostesses. I'm Natalia. And I'm Haley. And as usual, we're going to kick it off with some news across the hockey world. We're going to hold off on the playoff news for now, since we'll get into all of that in a little bit. But we do have a small bit of non-playoff related news we wanted to share before we make like our girl Taylor Swift and dive on in. (laughs) Yeah, so a couple of episodes ago, we mentioned that there were some rumors milling around that we'd be seeing hockey played down under in Australia at the start of next season, but it has been officially confirmed since. Um, The NHL Global Series face-off between the LA Kings and the Arizona Coyotes will be taking place in Melbourne in September. Um, There still hasn't been any confirmation regarding whether or not they're actually going to be changing their names to the Kangaroos and the Dingoes like we'd originally hoped, but we're going to be holding our breath in anticipation just in case. (laughs) (laughs) Um, continuing on with our name battle from last week, we now not only have two Sebastian Ajos in the league, but we have two Elias Pettersons on the same team because the Vancouver Canucks signed defenseman Elias Pettersson to a three-year entry-level deal. We knew this was coming eventually since the Canucks initially drafted Elias Pettersson number two at 80th overall in 2022, but it will certainly be interesting to see how this all plays out um and we honestly can't blame them because clearly signing the first Elias Pettersson worked out really well for them (laughs) and um Connor McDavid won the Maurice Rocket Richard trophy which is an annual award presented to the player finishing the regular season as the league's goal scoring leader Um, this is the first time in his career that he's won it and he scored a total of 64 goals this season which is just the second most scored since nine-time winner Alex Ovechkin scored 65 in the 2008 season. Congrats to him. That's awesome. Awesome for him. He just keeps breaking records, winning more trophies. We love that for him. (laughs) Yeah, he's absolutely on fire. Um, And lots more coaches and GMs got let go, including Brad Larson of the Blue Jackets, uh, Brad Treleving, the GM for the Calgary Flames, And, of course, Peter Laviolette, the head coach of the Washington Capitals. Thank the Lord above. (laughs) Um, I literally did a happy dance when I saw the news on Twitter. Um, A handful of our other coaches have been let go as well. So we'll be seeing almost an entire staffing overhaul this offseason. And I am really looking forward to seeing how some fresh faces can benefit the team. Laviolette just made some really poor draft decisions like trading away Jacob Rana. He scratched good players consistently and he refused to play our younger guys or like recall anyone from Hershey. He was just not the right fit for Washington and I'm really hoping a new coach will be beneficial. And I'm wrapping up our latest bout of IHF news team. USA won the IHF Women's World for the ninth time. Um, They ended up beating Canada 6-3 to take home the gold. And um, coach John Robluski became the first coach in USA hockey history to lead both men and women's national teams to gold. And more IIHF news. The under-18 men's world championship started on Thursday, April 20th in Switzerland. Um, And this tournament will occur through April 30th. So make sure to tune in. It's a great opportunity to see some of the young talents that are up and coming in the world of hockey. And that's about it for our news. Um, So we are going to uh, jump into no one's surprise, talking about all things playoffs. Um, We're going to give our Stanley Cup final matchup predictions, and we're going to talk a little more in depth about each team in the first round. 
what are their strengths, what are their weaknesses, um, and who are the players to watch from each team. It's going to be a bit of a doozy, so (laughs) feel free to grab a snack and a cozy spot, or you can jump around as you feel necessary to the different matchups. And a little disclaimer before we dive in, we do tend to record about four-ish days in advance depending on the week, so by the time you're tuning in, many of the games we're discussing and the uh, potential outcome of each of them will already be known. Um, So you probably know the results of each game, and we definitely don't because they haven't happened yet, so um, please bear that in mind as you listen because we might sound a little silly, (laughs) just a little forewarning. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so... Let's kick this off. Who are your final matchup predictions? I think we both know which team we think is going to win, but um, <laughs> who do we think is gonna, we're going to see them play against? I mean, I've said it before. I think the Bruins are taking the cup this year, and I'd be absolutely shocked if they didn't. Um, I mean, they have an explosive offense, a strong defense, a really, really talented goalie tandem. They're just like a really well-rounded team. And like time and time again, they've proven themselves hard to top. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, they have to beat that um, horrible, scary president's <laughs> trophies curse. Um, but I think if anyone can do it, it's the 2023 Bruins. Um, but I do think the Avalanche could really put up a fight in the final series okay. against them. Um, even without Landeskog this season, their top six line showed a lot of impressive offense and goal scoring ability. And when you play against the Avs, it's really hard to keep your puck in the zone. So I think between those two teams, it would definitely go to a game seven, which as a person who is not invested in either (laughs) team, that would be ideal because I'd get to watch more very exciting hockey. (laughs) I could definitely see that being a thing. The Avs have fought adversity this season, no doubt all those injuries and coming back from them um yeah i think that'd be super fun to watch i think so too and and to see the potential repeat you know adds that extra element of excitement definitely definitely um i mean we all know that i think the bruins are gonna win (laughs) there's no doubt about (laughs) it it's kind of their cup to lose this year um they've set record after record during the regular season and they just stand out as the clear front runners um so I think they're going to take it, but not without a fight from Edmonton. Ooh. Yeah. Um, the Oilers finished two points behind the Golden Knights in the regular season, but I think after being swept by the Colorado Avalanche in the Western Conference Final last year, they certainly have something to prove this time around. And um, mm. especially with McDavid coming off a historic season, I think that he can chase that high by leading his team to success in the offseason. Um, and then ultimately, I feel like the series will go for seven games with – obviously the Bruins coming out on top, but I don't think the Oilers are going to make it easy. The dynamic play that we would see if we had the uh, McDavid, Dreisaitl, Nugent Hopkins playing against Pasta in his line, like, oh gosh, oh, it would be just (laughs) chef's kiss, like absolutely incredible. That would be so much fun I love when we have like a fun series in the end like I I just want good hockey I don't care who wins I don't care who's in the end like I just want to see some really good hockey especially played at the end exactly it's like when the season's gonna end you just want to see like a little more exciting play yeah and so far a lot of the uh round one playoff series have been really exciting yeah they have 
they have. I so think we have a good I'm, mix of teams in the bracket yeah. this season. Yeah. I'm hopeful for a good final series. I think no matter who makes it, it's going to be super exciting. Yeah, I think they'll give us something good to go into our summer with. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Okay, we're going to jump into giving a little preview of each team in round one. Um, and we've each picked a team from each series, and we'll talk a little bit about them and what we've seen so far. Um, so we're going to be throwing some stats and facts your way, and then discussing who we think might take the series. Um, so let's kick it off with the Stars and the Wild. Um, the series is currently tied 1-1. Haley, what have you seen that you think has kind of worked well for the Stars so far? Um, the Stars just have a wall of a goalie with Ottinger. Oh, I mean, yeah. he's... He's hard to score against, and that combined with their offensive skill makes it really hard for other teams to keep the puck in their zone and score. I mean, they have those serious standout players like Robertson and Hintz and Sagan, and they know how to score some serious goals, which is key against a team that really knows how to adjust and adapt their play like the Wild. I mean, I I think with those top goal scorers like they have, like that's that's gonna work well for them. Yeah, I could definitely see that. I think you combine someone like Otter and those really standout goal scoring players and you have exactly what you need to take a series for sure. Yeah. So what's been working really well for the wild so far? Yeah, I mean I think with the wild they've really proven that they can play despite the odds. Um they did a really good job of showing out even when one of their top players, Kirill Kaprizov, was injured at the end of the season, and they actually went 8-3-2 and two in his absence. Okay. Um, and then they also have a really killer goalie tandem with Flurry and Gustafsson, and um, it seems to me that having a tandem that's truly interchangeable seems to be pretty rare in this league, um, but both of them have more than proven themselves, and I think that's going to be key in the series specifically. Yeah, it's good to have the the goalies that you can switch out because even the best goalies they need to rest. Yeah, in absolutely. order to be at their best. So to be able to like truly have two solid solid goalies, like that's definitely a huge asset. In the past in playoff series, we've seen teams struggle when they've relied on just one goalie, which is yeah. why it's so important to have such a strong tandem. Yeah, for sure. What do you think the Stars need to do to avoid elimination? Um, the Stars need to bring their regular season goal-scoring ability into the playoffs. I mean, we talked about it however many episodes ago when they scored 10 goals against Buffalo earlier in the season. And that was kind of during the height of Buffalo's crazy tear that they went on. Um, So if they can bring that kind of play into the postseason, I honestly think they'll have no trouble with the Wild whatsoever. Yeah, I mean, I think that's going to be the same thing for the Wild, actually. I think they just need to continue to create offense like they did in the regular season. Um, they average 3.71 goals per game even in their time without Kaprizov, but they actually enter the playoffs as one of two of the lowest scoring teams in the bracket. So oh, okay. um, scoring is honestly just a rarity in the playoffs, and I think it's going to be really important for them to do that if they want to avoid being eliminated. Yeah. Okay, so for each of our matchups, we're going to give a player to watch from each team. Um, And so I think that the player to watch for the Stars is Rupe Hintz. I mean, like Nat just said a second ago, if there's one thing we know about the playoffs, it's that scoring is always at a premium. 
Um, and needless to say, those players that really find a way to score and score a lot end up being the game changers. Mm-hmm. And I think Hints could be that for the Stars. We're going to talk more about him later, but he has definitely found a way to score when the Stars need him most throughout the season. Definitely. Great pick. Thank you. What's your <laughs> pick for? Um, I picked um, Matt Boldy. Oh, <laughs> Um, This obviously, like, isn't the first time we've talked about what he can do and what he brings. Um, Probably won't be the last. Um, No. We all know how successful he was when he took over Kaprizov's spot, and he's continued to prove himself as an extremely talented offensive player, even now that Kaprizov is back. Um, He scored 12 goals in March. So I think if he can continue to ride that into the playoffs, the Wild are going to be in really good shape. Yeah, he is a huge asset for sure. Definitely. Okay. Who do you think is going to take it? Okay. I'm going to say the wild simply because, simply because I want to see the wild and the avalanche play each other because I know that's like a big rivalry. Okay. So I think that would be a lot of fun to watch that rivalry plus the element of playoff level play. Nice. I feel like for me, I'm going to go with Dallas. I just think that they're really well-rounded and they've got what it takes to take the entire series against minnesota but we'll see what happens yeah with it being tied 1-1 we have no idea (laughs) no we don't (laughs) okay all right (laughs) (laughs) all right moving on to our next matchup we have the winnipeg jets and the vegas golden knights that series is also tied one-to-one um so what have we seen so far that has worked for these two teams you want to start us off natalia Yeah, I mean, I think for the Golden Knights, they have a ton of players that contribute offensively, and that's always key to moving forward in the postseason. Um, They've got forwards like Stone, they've got Eichel, they've got Marcheseau. Um, That list could literally go on forever, Um, and they're (laughs) all just like very, very powerful players. And then they have the addition of defensemen like Petrangelo, who can also create a lot of solid offense as well. Um, Like I just said about Dallas, the Golden Knights are a very well-rounded team, and as we know from years before it takes a whole team to win yeah for sure I mean you can't just rely on a handful of solid players you really have to all work together in the playoffs definitely what do you think is working so far for the Jets um they are (laughs) you could say they're fighter Jets oh uh, god because they're fighters I mean (laughs) am I supposed to just let that pun slide yes (laughs) continuing Um, they know how to work for what they want, and that could be really beneficial in the postseason. I mean, they fought their way into playoffs, and with that kind of resolve and teamwork, I think they can fight their way past the first round as well. Definitely. Yeah, I could see that being a thing. Um, As far as avoiding elimination, what do the Golden Knights need to do? I think they really need to work on special teams. Um, Mm. The power play and the penalty kill are without a doubt, their weaknesses. Um, (laughs) They have a 20.3% success rate on the power play, um, (laughs) which could definitely be a problem in the playoffs when power play goals often make or break the score. Um, But if they can clean that up, I think they could definitely avoid elimination. Oh, that is rough. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) it's pretty bad. What about the Jets? Um, they need to work on creating more offense, especially on the power play, kind of similar to the Golden Knights. Um, among teams in the playoffs, the Jets are ranked the lowest in power play goals. Um, 
So if they can get their bottom six forwards to step up a bit more, the Jets could become a really dangerous team offensively. Yeah, they've got a re- they've got a lot of really good goal scorers on that team if they step up, you know? They they do. Yeah. They've got There's Kyle definitely Hunter. a lot of potential there. Yeah. Definitely. Um, okay, players to watch. Um, I'm going to start off with the uh, Jets player to watch being Connor Hellebuck. I mean, when your team doesn't score a ton of goals, a solid line of defense is extra important to create those wins. Um, Hellebuck has started nearly every game for the Jets in the regular season, as well as the playoffs. And um, he finished the regular season with a 37-25-2 record, including four shutouts. So he's a solid goalie and has been a huge part of their success. That's a great pick. Yeah, he's he's awesome. He's so good. I think for me, um, the player to watch is going to be Mark Stone. Um, he's just recently back from surgery, and he joins the first line with Stevenson and Eichel. Um, as most of us know, he's a really solid and reliable top six forward for the team. Um, he earned 38 points in 43 games played this season. And wow, um, he's already scored two goals in game two. So it seems like he's really stepping up into that role of providing offensive support that the Golden Knights are looking for. Yeah, that's awesome. He's It's great that he was able to come back from surgery and really just like show out like that. So who do you think is going to take this series? I think it's going to be Vegas. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, with like we were saying earlier, with how they're how well-rounded they are and kind of team players, like the Jets are are solid, but Not I don't know enough. if they have that playoff caliber play that they need to have. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you look at how players like Stone are returning and they're taking that playoff caliber and extending it to a whole other level. Um, Mm -hmm. like it just goes to show you when someone can return from surgery like that and then up level their play. Um, I just think Vegas is, they want it so bad. You can see it. Yeah. Yeah. After, um, you know, losing it to the Capitals a couple years ago, (laughs) they really want it. (laughs) I feel like it'd be really interesting to see them win it too. Like I'd be so curious to see what Vegas as a city does if the Golden Knights took it. Oh my gosh. It would be insane it like they already be, go all out yeah it would like we already have like party on the strip all the time it would be <laughs> the whole city would be just one big outdoor party for the next two weeks love to see it that would be so fun honestly <laughs> <laughs> okay moving on to the um kings and the oilers the series is currently tied at 1-1 You've got the Kings because I don't want them. <laughs> what do you think um, has worked so far for them? I mean, the Kings are really a complete team. Um, they have a well-rounded and solid offense, and they have defensemen that create much-needed offense. And they also have a really solid goaltending um, in the form of the copley Corposalo tandem. Mm, definitely. What about for the Oilers? I mean, obviously a lot has worked for them this season. <laughs> What's working the best? I mean, obviously they have 300-point scorers on their team, and that was so dangerous in the regular season. Um, mm-hmm. Dreisaitl has already scored three in the offseason so far, and I feel like if he can continue to produce offensively, that's going to make a huge difference. Um, we do need to see McDavid and Nugent Hopkins kind of step into that role as well, but... Um, it seems like Dreisaitl has been taking it on, especially when McDavid is getting tied up. 
So um, I think if they can continue to do that, it'll be really, really great for them. Yeah, I think if we if we do start seeing McDavid and Nugent Hopkins produce more goal scoring, I know McDavid has had a handful of assists, mm-hmm. but like you said, he keeps getting tied up. Like the defense is really on oh, top of on him. him. Yeah. Um. So if we start seeing that level of offensive play, the you know the level of hundred point offensive play, they're going to be unstoppable. Oh yeah, no doubt. What do you think the Kings need to do to avoid elimination? Um, so the Kings goalies are impressive, but neither of them has much playoff experience. Um, so they entered the playoffs with just nine combined playoff games oh, with wow. all of them belonging to Corpusalo. Um, so the rest of their core that has had that experience just needs to bring up their level of play to match the dynamics of teams that face them and kind of help out the goalies and make up for their inexperience while they adjust to the higher level of playoff play. Definitely. What about for the Oilers? Well, the Oilers really seem to struggle on defense, and they also have a tendency to give up um, leads late in the game. So I think they really need to work on both of those factors to create a more well-rounded play and become just as dangerous in the offseason as they have been in the um, regular season. Yeah. Um, That game one lead give up was... Oh, it was brutal. Oh, it was rough. I feel so bad for the fans that, like, stayed out there and stayed up watching it because it was just so rough. And then they threw a bunch of trash onto the ice. Oh, yeah, I know. It's kind of hard to feel bad for them, like, when they're doing stuff like that. I feel bad for you, but also, like, come on. It was game one of round one. (laughs) It wasn't the Stanley Cup final. Like, chill out. Yeah. Oh, Oilers fans. (sighs) Okay, so who are our players to watch? Who's your Oilers player to watch? Is I it mean, McDavid? No, it's not, but oh. it is Leon Dreisaitl, so I guess it's kind oh. of still a cop-out answer. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's we've talked about him extensively. He's one of the Oilers' 100-point scorers, and he's really just so fast and so dynamic and so talented as a forward. Um, there's really no doubt about the fact that he's a huge asset to the team. Um We've talked about it a little bit already, but McDavid just keeps being taken down by the Kings' defense, um, and Leon Dreisaitl is going to be what the game-changer is here, because um, he's yeah. going to step into that role of scoring. For sure. For sure. Um, my player to watch for the Kings is Anze Kopitar. Um, I mean, the Kings have an extensive roster of defensive forwards, including uh, Philip Deneau, Alex Iafalo, and Drew Doughty. But I think Kopitar's reliable veteran presence kind of adds this whole other element that'll help stifle the Oilers' high-powered offense. Um, He does tend to fly under the radar, but even at 35, like, he's still grinding. He's still providing that offensive output that we've learned to expect from him, especially when it matters, like when there are 17 (laughs) seconds left in the third period and you need to force overtime to get the win. Like, he came in clutch. (laughs) I feel like Kopitar always had a tendency, especially when playing against the Ducks, to make our lives miserable. (laughs) And um, he's always been that one that just tends to get under our skin because he's just so damn good. So, yeah, I could definitely see him being the player to watch in this series for sure. Yeah, I mean, you have more experience watching him than I do, but... (laughs) It's always a great time. (laughs) I think I'd enjoy him much more if I was a Kings fan. (laughs) Um, Who do you think is going to take it? 
This is honestly a tough one, and I would not be surprised if this series did go to Game 7, but I do ultimately think it's going to be the Oilers. I mean, they want it, they need it. Like, (laughs) I think this is the season for them, if they're going to do it. Could not have said it better myself. (laughs) (laughs) Makes it easy. Yes. (laughs) Okay, moving on to the Seattle Kraken versus the Colorado Avalanche. Um, that series is also tied at one apiece. Um, this has been an exciting oh, yeah. series. I don't think anyone expected it to be. I wish that there was some way to have them be, like, the final matchup. <laughs> right? Like, I know that's yeah. literally impossible because they're in the same conference, but I just feel like that'd be so fun to watch. It would be. So, what's been working for the Kraken? I mean, it's just their second season, and it's their first trip to the playoffs, and they're already quickly becoming a very impressive team. Um, for one, they're just physical, and they're aggressive, and for another, they score a lot. Um, they're a top yeah. five team in goals scored with 13 players who have scored more than 10 goals. Um, honestly, like they're taking that into the playoffs, and they're a force to be reckoned with for sure. Yeah. I mean, I'll be honest. I didn't watch the Kraken a whole lot during the regular season. Yeah, me either. I had, I had heard that they were physical and aggressive, but then like, actually now that I'm watching them, I'm like, holy cow, they're insane. Yeah. Like they are just like, their forecheck is just incredible. The charts. <laughs> yeah. Like that's going to be a huge I don't huge even think anybody really expected it from the Kraken. Like, they played well, they've had a great season, but I don't think anyone was like, oh, yeah, they're going to kill it in the playoffs. Um, And they have. They've wowed me, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. What have you seen so far from the Avs that's worked for them? Um, I mean, needless to say, their core top six forwards are incredibly impressive players and were incredibly impressive in game two. Um, their speed and their skill combined with their highly talented defensive pairings means the puck stays in their zone more often than not. I mean, I definitely think that they've proven themselves so far as serious contenders for a cup repeat, especially coming back in game two from that kind of rough loss in game one. Like, I think that kind of put some fire under their feet and made them realize, (laughs) oh, the Kraken are not, we cannot mess around. Like, (laughs) there's some serious competition. Definitely. So what do the Kraken need to do to avoid elimination? I think they could use some work on their goaltending. Um, Mm -hmm. While Grubauer did give an impressive performance in their first playoff game against the Avalanche, he entered the postseason with uh, with a .895 save percentage. Um, So yeah, if Grubauer can bring the goaltending he showed in the first game to the rest of the playoffs, the Kraken definitely stand more of a chance. Yeah, that's... That's kind rough. That save percentage for a, a playoff goalie. Yeah, it could but be some work. Game one was incredibly impressive from him, so I'm hopeful. Yeah, me too. I I just think it's a little nerve wracking looking at who the Avalanche have in terms of goal scorers. Yeah. Um, if they can bring that, I'd be nervous for the Kraken for sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, what about the Avalanche? What do you think they need to do to avoid elimination? I mean, simply put, they need to stay healthy. Yeah. Like, (laughs) the Avalanche have had seven of their most star, most amazing players out at various points in the season. 
Um, and those are players that are desperately needed for Colorado to be the dynamic and dangerous team that they really are. Um, just four players played in every single game during Whoa. the regular season. Like, they were – I thought the Caps struggled with staying healthy. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's that's really bad. Um, and then in 2019-2020, um, the Avalanche went into Game 7 of a second-round series, missing nine players oh, due to injury. Oh, man. So they're no strangers to this, but let's avoid that one this year. Like, <laughs> let's stay healthy, rest on your off days. Like, yeah. They really got to work on that. I mean, I think it's definitely obvious that they can succeed even when they have so many players out. But yeah. going into the playoffs, making a deep run, like you're going to need those those players to stay healthy if you want to see success all the way through. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Okay, players to watch. I'm curious to know yours because I don't know much about Kraken players at all. <laughs> I think for me, it's Jared McCann. Um, okay. He had the first 40-goal season in his career, and it could be argued that he is one of the more underrated scorers in the NHL with 66 goals in the past two seasons, um, but I think he could really prove to be a breakout star in the in the postseason. Yeah. Specifically okay. because he's so underrated, and he's not going to have um, the defense on him so heavily. Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't even think about that. Um, my abs player to watch, um, has got to be Miko Rantanen. I mean, who else are you going to pick? (laughs) Man can really bring it on offense. I mean, he carried 55 goals and 50 assists with him to the postseason and playing on the first line with McKinnon and Rodriguez this season. He's shown himself to be a fast skater, a good shooter and a team player. And then he and McKinnon especially are a super Mm -hmm. powerful duo to watch out for. Um, I was talking to an abs fan that i know and he called the mcdavid and dry light <laughs> i love that <laughs> so um they're they're definitely they're scary so i think rantanen could be a huge playmaker in this playoff run i could definitely see that yeah who do you think is gonna take it if you had asked me before the playoffs i would have said the abs but now that i've seen the yeah. level of play the kraken have brought I'm going to say the Kraken. Which really? I know I, I, I know I said earlier in my uh, Stanley Cup predictions that it's going to be the Avs and the Bruins, which realistically, I think the Avs are going to take it, but I want to root for the Kraken. <laughs> like, I want to say they're going to take it. I, and I think it would be so cool and also incredibly historic if they made a deep playoff run in just their second year as a franchise. Yeah. Like, I, I, I think they have... The potential, for sure. I could see it. I mean, I didn't pick them. I picked the abs. But I agree. Like, I'd love to see them do that. I think that'd be really, really cool. Plus, I have a really soft spot in my heart for Jordan Everly, and I just really want to see him go all the way. Aw. That would be special. (laughs) If my Islanders can't do it, at least a former Islander can. (laughs) Okay. So we're done with the West. Yes. Moving on to the East. We're leaving your your side of the country, moving to my side of the country. <laughs> We've got a rematch on this side. Yes. Uh, the Maple Leafs and the Tampa Bay Lightning. And the series is tied at one apiece. And both games have been absolute blowouts. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, it's been really, really exciting hockey to watch. 
for sure. I don't think either of us assumed that there were going to be blowouts in either direction, especially when you have Vasilevsky in net on one end. <laughs> yeah. Um, what have you seen that's been working so far for Tampa? Um, for Tampa, I mean, obviously game two did not work for them, but <laughs> game one really worked for them. And that kind of stemmed from taking an early lead in the game and getting production from their depth forwards, like former Duck Corey Perry. We love him. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, that really, really paid off. Um, the Lightning have a roster of players with extensive playoff experience, and that's huge. I think just bringing a whole bunch of those veteran players yeah. really does great things for them that always seems to pay dividends in the playoffs for sure yeah Mm -hmm. what about for toronto i mean i think what's been working for them so far not in game one (laughs) um (laughs) the players who need to score have been scoring so far um in the first two games we've seen plenty of goals and assists from nylander matthews marner and tavares um that core is thriving and if they can continue to score like that they'll have no problem beating out tampa yeah i mean Tavares had the hattie in game yeah. two yeah. so if he can keep doing that it's looking good <laughs> i think so too this is one of the series i'm honestly most excited to watch simply because i need to see the leafs make it up <laughs> oh, i'm praying for them so hard <laughs> um what do you think that the lightning need to do to avoid elimination um Gosh, beyond just containing those top scorers that you talked about, um, I think it would go a really long way for the Lightning to take an early lead. Like, it's tied 1-1 mm-hmm. right now, but if they could maybe go up 3-1 to one or something like that, um, I think it would boost their own confidence, and then it would also plant a seed of doubt in mm-hmm. the mind of the Leafs, and one that they know all too well at that. I mean, the Leafs know no doubt like to almost kind of taunt them by taking an early lead yeah I could see that for sure what about for the Leafs hit us as obvious as it sounds I think they're going to need to work on shutting down Tampa's top three forwards um we all know that the trio of Nikita Kucherov Braden Point and Steven Stamkos is a force um yeah and they're the kind of players who will quite literally make games miserable for their opponents um, those three accounted for 41% of Tampa's 280 goals this season. And with a wow. record like that, I know it's probably pretty impossible to keep them off the score sheet altogether. Um, so to me, it's kind of less about that and more about outscoring them, um, which is yeah. all going to come down to those main players that we were just talking about um, for Toronto. Um, yeah. Other than that, I think they just really need to stay out of their heads. I mean, if they can shelf those, like, first-round exit memes and <laughs> stick to their game, um, I think they're going to come out on top. Like yeah, you I said, um, just, like, avoiding that seed of doubt, getting planted yeah. in their heads is going to make a huge difference for them. I think that's almost almost like a mind-over-matter thing. Definitely. Because like, they've got what it takes. They have yeah. everything they need. Um, they just need to stay out of their heads and stick to their game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, who's the standout player to watch for you? Um, I feel like I have to go with Mikhail Sergachev. Mm-hmm. Um, when you think about the Lightning defense, like, typically think about Victor Hedman. Definitely. Um, but he's yet to return after leaving during the first period of Game 1 with some undisclosed ailment. I don't think we ever found out. 
And with Eric Chernak taking that illegal hit to the head from Michael Bunting, there's a huge hole in the Lightning's blue line that Sergachev is going to need to step into. Um, so that'll be interesting to see how he adapts to that. But with two Stanley Cup titles and a chance at a fourth straight final under his belt, he has more than enough experience to make up for the lack that they're having. Yeah, I mean, I think for me, it's um, got to be William Nylander. Um, there's really just no doubt about it. He's had the best season of his career. Um, he hit a new personal best in goals, assists, and points specifically on the power play. And he ended the season tied with Matthews as the leading goal scorer for the team. Um, so I think if he can ride that swagger into the postseason, um, the Leafs are definitely in good shape. And it seems like he's already started to, so. Yeah. There's no doubt that Nylander's an incredible player. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. He's killing the game, for sure. Okay. <laughs> We've arrived at the million-dollar question. <laughs> Who oh. do you think is going to take it? Oh, man. My head says the lightning, but my heart says the Leafs. That's the biggest mood. And I'm going to listen to my heart. And I'm going to make my bold prediction and say that the Leafs are exiting the first round. They're, they're, they're leaving. They're getting out of the first round and making it to the second round. <laughs> they're doing it. I'm going with you. Full send it. <laughs> they have the talent. They have the roster. They have the dynamic play. Like, I fully believe in them. Oh. Do I think they're going to make it all the way to the cup? No. Oh, no. But, <laughs> well, they, they make, make it past the second two. round. I don't know. But I think they'll make it past the first. I think this is the year for it. I think so, too. I think so. Okay, moving on to the New Jersey Devils versus the New York Rangers. The Rangers are currently up two to nothing. Um, so what has been working for the Devils? Um, you know, not a whole lot so far. <laughs> <laughs> but um, they do have a really good balance of rising stars like the Hughes brothers and more veteran players like Eric Halla and Thomas Tatar. Um, and they're really, really resilient, and they've shown that by being one of the best comeback teams during the regular season. So I think their ability to make a comeback could help them make a comeback from being down by two in the series. Yeah, they need that for sure. Yeah. What about the Rangers? <laughs> a lot's been working for them. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't really even need to say it, but the Rangers are a deeply talented mm -hmm. team. Their roster is so deep, and their play is really dynamic. I mean, players like Zabanajad, Kreider, Kane, Truba, I could probably list the whole team, <laughs> are um, huge assets to the franchise, and they create such a dangerous team. Um, they play with a lot of speed, and they can really keep the puck in their zone to create offense. Mm -hmm. And at the trade deadline, they made some awesome pickups. They have a hell of a goalie in Igor Shosturkin, and they really know how to bring it when the time comes. So I think they're going to be lots of fun to watch in their run. And they're definitely a team to watch out for. Definitely. I agree. As far as avoiding elimination, what are you thinking? Um, I mean, I think for the Devils, it's going to be about that strong veteran leadership making their presence known. Um, I think since almost all of the top offensive players who make New Jersey so dangerous have little to no experience in the playoffs... Um, players like Palat, Marino, Hamilton, they're all going to need to really step up to account for that inexperience, um, whether that's on the score sheet itself or simply just in terms of like providing leadership on the bench. I think if those seasoned veterans can drive success, the young talent on the team will follow suit. Yeah, those are, it's really important to have a lot of 
playoff veterans in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. They always make such a big difference. Yeah. Um, what do you think the Rangers need to do to avoid elimination? Um, I think they they need to focus on the little things. Mm. Um, let me explain, because that sounds like, <laughs> huh, what? That sounds like um, a Hallmark card. That's so cutesy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just focus bit. on the little things. You know, be happy in the locker room and, like, Live, joke around laugh, with each love. other. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they, the Rangers were second overall this season in giveaways, um, and that stat could come back mm. to haunt them especially in the playoffs when their opponents are kind of looking to exploit their flaws. So they just need to remain consistent and playing hard along the boards, winning puck battles, preventing giveaways, because even those small holes could be enough to sink their ship. Definitely. So they don't have anything huge that stands out that they need to work on, but a bunch of little things add up to make a really big difference either way. Who do you think the standout players to watch so far for them are? Um... I feel like it's got to be Adam Fox. Mm, yeah, definitely. I, I feel like he's one of the. He's obviously he's not underrated, but he does kind of fly under the radar more so than someone like Zabanajad or Kreider, you know, or one of those bigger players. But I mean, there's no doubt that he's coming off one of his best regular seasons yet. He's tallied 72 points, which is he's nearly reached his career best of 74. Um, and 60 of those points were assists, so mm. it's obvious that that's where he really stands out and shines. Um, and we've seen nothing different in the playoffs. In Game 1, he had assists on 4 out of 5 goals, and then in Game 2, he tallied assists on 2 out of 5 goals. So with plenty of really offensive goal scorers to work with, like he's definitely going to continue to find his way onto the score sheet with just those assists over and over and over again. Definitely. I'm so bummed I didn't pick him up in fantasy this year. <laughs> I had him last year and it was like such a good pickup and I missed him and I was like, oh no, he's so good. He's oh, really, really ha- underrated. You'll have to get him next season for sure. If you don't steal him from me. Yeah, unless I get him first. Ha ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> okay, how about for the Devils, who's their player to watch? I think it's got to be Vitek Vanacek. Um, okay. Obviously the Devils needed a strong goalie to round out their team desperately and Vanacek <laughs> delivered in the regular season. Um, he's going to be a huge key to their success in the first round as they play a really highly skilled and offensive team like the Rangers. He had a 33-11-4 record in the regular season and a .911 save percentage, having under three goals against average, and those are wow. really impressive stats. Um, I think he just needs to work on overcoming the playoff nerves and the pressure and bring that into the postseason. Um, which we haven't seen much of so far. But hopefully having the two games under his belt has shaken off some of the, that nervous energy and he can deliver the kind of play he's capable of um, through the rest of the series. Yeah, for sure. I'm, I can't imagine, you know, being having it be your first time in playoffs and oh, just I know. how nervous you must be, especially as a goalie, because I feel like a goalie's a more it's all about me position. Yeah. You're not so much playing with other people. It's like, if I don't save it, that's it. You know, like that's gotta be so nerve wracking. So hopefully he's starting to adjust. Hopefully the team in front of him will start to accommodate for that as well and kind of give him a break and let him just do what he does best. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Okay. Who's taking it? It's gotta be the Rangers. (laughs) Yeah. There's, I thought this would be more of a fight. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, originally I was really, really hoping that the Devils could make it um, 
interesting <laughs> and hopefully like they still have the opportunity to for sure mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. i'm i'm not super hopeful about it honestly yeah the rangers are just they're a force. They're, yeah they're they're veteran compared to a lot of the devils they have they're just so good like the rangers yeah. are just so good this year and they so, they built yeah. they built up their team especially at the trade deadline and i feel like that was so crucial yeah um and it's gonna pay dividends here too i think yeah for sure i don't want to talk about this one (laughs) i was gonna say are you ready no (laughs) i don't think they were ready either Uh, yeah so we're gonna be talking about the new york islanders versus the carolina hurricanes uh the canes lead the series two to nothing to nat's dismay (laughs) yeah but let's be positive here for a second. What okay. have we seen? What have we seen from the Isles that that's worked? Okay, obviously game one did not go well. <laughs> Oof, um, no. But in game two, we really started to see some of that much needed production from the Islanders' top scoring forwards. Um, Brock Nelson found his way onto the score sheet for the first time in the postseason, and it seems like Matt Barzell really shook off that post injury rust, and he netted one also. Um, I think we knew going in that it was never going to be a high-scoring game, especially with Antiranta looking so sharp. Um, but the Islanders are really going to need to continue finding ways to score, um, especially goals that aren't so pretty, which is something that they've already started doing. Yeah. What about yeah. for the Canes? <laughs> well, a lot has been working for the I Canes. know. <laughs> <laughs> um, mostly the Canes have a defensive core that is incredibly strong especially because they kind of have this unique man-on-man defensive system that's nearly impossible to break down. You're telling me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And their ability to keep that intact so far has made it obviously pretty hard for the Isles to profit offensively. Um, So if they can continue to maintain their stingy defense and just keep on wearing those old Islanders down, (laughs) they're going to be golden. (laughs) great she's rolling her eyes so hard at me right just had now. to throw the whole old thing in there huh yeah i mean y'all i mean a yeah player that's 38 like and he's doing very well he is oh man okay okay so coming from an isles fan what do the isles need to do to avoid elimination among many things Give me some highlights. Yeah, I was going to say, I won't lie. There's a lot that the Islanders couldn't should do in the next two games if they want to avoid elimination. Um, And obviously going forward from there as well. But one main thing comes to mind for me, and I think it's just that they need to stay out of the box. Um, Taking penalties, whether they're deserved or not, has absolutely killed them in the first two games. Um, I'm not going to talk about the refereeing because that's just not what we're going to start on right now. Um, (laughs) could go on an entire tangent, but I'll spare you. Um, but honestly, like something as simple as keeping their sticks down could have prevented them from taking two double minor penalties and spending a total of 12 minutes on the kill in game two. Um, that's rough. Yeah. I mean, taking penalties like that, it's going to make it so hard for you to build momentum and find your rhythm. Um, and it's really apparent that they succeed when they start to find it. So, yeah. I think that's going to be the key for them. What about yeah. the Canes? Um, the Canes need to adjust well to injury. I mean, it's yeah. the playoffs, and 
it happens. Like, there's going to be injuries. Um, they already had to make a really significant adjustment when Andrei Svechnikov went down with his season-ending ACL surgery last month. Mm-hmm. Um, and losing a player like Svech is never easy. Um, and then after game two, we found out that Tavo Teravainen suffered a broken hand that's going to require surgery as well. And so he won't be playing for the remainder of the series. So the Canes just need to find a way to adjust to those players that are out if they want to make it to round two and beyond. Definitely. Definitely, definitely. Okay, our players to watch. I think for me, it's got to be Ilya Sorokin. I mean, there's just... We love him. (laughs) (laughs) Um, There's really just no doubt about it. He has single-handedly driven the Islanders to the playoffs. Mm -hmm. Um, They wouldn't be here without him. I like he's been the backbone of the team all season and to me that's not going to change as we progress into the playoffs um he allowed four goals in the overtime loss against the Canes in game two but he also made 32 saves and was the reason why the game was kept close so yeah I think we want to yeah. keep an eye on him for sure yeah he's a standout player for oh, yeah. sure I think if he can continue to bring it in the postseason they're going to make a deep run for sure yeah mm-hmm what about you? What do you think for the Canes? I mean, no surprise. I had to go with Sebastian Ajo. Yeah. The, the Canes, <laughs> Sebastian Ajo. Thanks, um. <laughs> Haley. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, quite frankly, Sebastian Ajo on the Islanders scored a goal for them the other day, so I guess he might be a player to watch, too. Yeah. Sebastian. I'm not salty. I mean, you know, both Sebastian Ajo's play for the Canes now. Um <laughs> So the one on the Canes, he was Carolina's top goal scorer during the regular season and will no doubt continue to be a threat in the postseason like we've already started to see. Um, He's notched two points in two games played so far, and it seems like that scoring streak is bound to continue with how consistent he's been all year long. He's just a really reliable player for the Canes. Definitely. Okay. Well, I know what you're going to say, but who's going to take it? Look. I've seen the Islanders in the playoffs before. I've seen them bounce back from adversity. I truly believe they can do it if they play their game. So I'm going to go with the Islanders. I'm really going to pray that they don't make me regret saying that. Let's hope. Um, I'm going with the Canes. Oh, okay. (laughs) Can't blame you. Um, cause I'm, I'm not emotionally attached to the Islanders and based on the play that I've seen so far, mm, it's looking rough. <laughs> um, great. <laughs> I mean, they have, they have a lot of deficits to overcome. Yeah. If they, they want to make it. Do I think that they could do it? Yeah. I mean, they're not out of it yet, but as of right now, it's really looking like the Canes have a much better chance. <laughs> it's going to be a big hole for them to climb out of for sure. And I think... Yeah. Obviously, we're gonna we're gonna see in about half an hour because game <laughs> game three has not started yet. I think that's always the one that tells the tale of how the series is gonna go. I think that's yeah. gonna be very important for um, the Islanders to take. Mm-hmm. To me, that sure. could be what changes my mind about whether or not they take it. So okay, we will we'll come see. back to this conversation in about three hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Finishing up with the Boston Bruins versus the Florida Panthers. This series is also tied one-to-one. So what have you seen from 
the Panthers that has worked so far. Okay, listen. I'm going to sound a little silly here. <laughs> okay. Um, honestly, what's worked so well for Florida so far is the exact same thing that worked so well towards the end of the season for them. Um, they've been believing in themselves. <laughs> oh, another Hallmark card. I sound like a little <laughs> Disney movie here again, but... Um, <laughs> Honestly, they have the confidence that they can be the Cinderella story of the playoffs, and they've been playing with that postseason level urgency for weeks and succeeding. Um, mm-hmm. And they're honestly just re- they're honestly riding that momentum into the playoffs, and they know it's going to be a grind. They know that the odds are against them. They know that Boston is the shoe in for the cup, and they just don't seem to mind. Like it's not facing them at all. They really, really believe in themselves, and. That's, yeah. that's what's working for them. Yeah, I feel like when you're when you're playing a team like Boston, that's really what you gotta have. Like it sounds you have funny, to just believe that you can do it. <laughs> if you believe you can achieve. <laughs> okay, what's working what's working for Boston? Um, special teams have really kind of been their key factor. Um, they've not only kept Florida off the board on all five of their power play attempts so far, um, but they've also scored on two out of six of their own. So really not bad stats so far in the playoffs for them. So that's a good start for sure. Definitely. Okay. So what do the Panthers need to do to avoid elimination? Well, they have the second worst penalty kill in the playoff field, and I think they're really going to need to improve on that if they want to take a powerhouse team down, um, specifically Boston. Yeah. What about you? What do you think? I don't think they're going to need to try that hard, but um, (laughs) what is Boston going to need to do to uh, avoid elimination? Um, They really do need to limit their turnovers Mm. specifically in the defensive zone i mean in game two most of the goals that florida scored were because of boston's kind of sloppy puck control um and so florida's gonna keep putting that pressure on them because they know they can kind of exploit that if they need to so boston really needs to clean it up if they want to prevent florida from continuing to profit off of it agreed for sure yeah Okay, players to watch so far. Hmm, I wonder which player Natalia (laughs) might have chosen from the Panthers. Okay, look, I know you're poking fun at me, and if there's an opportunity to talk about Brandon Montour, I'm going to be the first to find it, (laughs) but you can't deny that he's having a really solid season. Oh, I know. I absolutely know. I just also know that you just have this, like, undying love for Brandon Montour. I do. I won't deny it. I love the man. (laughs) I really do. But... He's got a way of coming through in many um, big game situations, and he's already netted two in game two. I honestly think he's just getting started. He's on a tear recently, and um, I think he's going to continue to um, be the reason why Florida succeeds. Yeah, he's a he's a force for sure. He is for Florida. What about um, for Boston? Um, I gotta go with Linus Olmark. Um, Great pick. I mean, clearly game two did not go his way, but he was not to blame for the team's loss. Mm-mm. I mean, there were plenty of times when he bailed them out, but there's only so much a goalie can do when the team in front of them isn't playing to the best of their ability. Um, but as a clear favorite for the Vezina, there's no doubting the fact that he is one of the best goaltenders in the league and him continuing to play in his 
signature outstanding way will no doubt lead to more wins for the bees before the series is over or before their cup run is over agreed for sure i mean we all know what the answer to this one is but who do you think is gonna take it oh surprise it's boston Boston. (laughs) (laughs) okay everyone take a deep breath take a stretch we made it through <laughs> our playoff preview. That was a long one, so thank you for hanging in there with us and making it this far. We would love to hear if by the time you're listening, um, the, the games are still going on. We'd love to hear who you think is going to take each round one matchup. And who your players to watch are, for sure. Yeah. So send us a message. we love to hear from you. Okay. Moving on to a more fun lighthearted segment can i ask you a question (laughs) okay tonight today we have a purple hat that has my place of work on it that i'm not gonna dox myself but it's a lovely hat i got it this week (laughs) it's beautiful i love it (laughs) okay you're in the lavender haze (gasps) yes i am lavender is my favorite color so i just had to pick it up that's a great pick (laughs) me saying that about everything that you've said on this entire podcast so far Somebody please go back and tell me how many times I've said great pick to Haley on this episode. (laughs) A lot. It's a lot. Okay. Our first question is, what do you want to receive as a giveaway night item? Ooh. Ooh, that's kind of fun. Hmm. I like that one. Do you have a clear answer? No, I got to think about it for a second. I don't know if I'm going to have a clear answer. Like, I, I love the giveaway items that I can actually use. Yeah. Like, I cannot stand a freaking bobblehead. <laughs> They're terrifying, and they just sit there. Yeah. Like, they ultimately just connect, collect dust. Yeah. Yeah, not a big fan of a bobblehead. Um, <laughs> but we receive, like, hats and blankets and t-shirts this season, and those are, like, always my favorite. Ooh. Like, I have to get tickets to that game, because I want that giveaway item. Yeah, um, those are good ones. I up. think we should bring back... We had this like reversible bucket hat one year for the Ooh. ducks and i think we need to bring it back next season for sure oh i like it's that so cute so cute <laughs> always down for a bucket hat so that's that's what i want to receive as a giveaway item bring the bucket hat back okay I, i'm here for that i like the idea of a blanket that sounds yeah incredible oh they're so great too because it's always freezing in there true <laughs> that would be really nice to have <laughs> what about you well i The one that I kind of thought of is kind of a useless item, but I think it would be so cute to have, like, a stuffed animal mascot giveaway. Like, you know what? It's not useless if it brings you joy. Honestly, yeah. I'm, listen, I'm a full-grown adult, but I love stuffed animals (laughs) so much. So if I could have a little, like, stuffed Slapshot or a little stuffed Wild Wing or something, I think that would be so cute. (laughs) I think that'd be adorable. And oh, that's such a good idea. I'd be down for that. Okay. Like a little beanie baby. <gasps> yes. Absolutely. I'm sure that would cost so much to produce, but that's just sounds so cute. Yeah. We're not we're not going for realistic here. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> Signed pucks for everyone. Oh my gosh. Can you imagine? <laughs> okay. Next question. Oh, I like this one. Give the story of your team season in 10 words or less. Oh, 10 words or less. I'm like Um, counting in my head. I know, I have to. (laughs) 
Okay. Sigh. When you try your best, but you don't succeed. <laughs> oh, we're going Coldplay coded. I love that. I had to add sigh because when you try your best, but you don't succeed is only nine. But That's so sad. Cap, caps oh, tried. Caps. Okay. Um, am I doing both my teams? Up to you. Okay. For the Ducks, um, counting this out. Once upon a time... The ducks tanked hard. The end. <laughs> it's a good one. It's a great That's story. A good one. <laughs> it's not one I'm going to be reading to my children one day for bedtime, but. <laughs> Once upon a time. <laughs> Can you... Hard in all caps, for sure. <laughs> Can you think okay. of any for the aisles? Um. Let's see. Is this 10? Okay. To literally everyone's surprise, we made it into the playoffs. Hey, look at you. I'm kind of good at this. I like it. You are good at this. We should do this more. We should. (laughs) I love that. Hopefully we can alter that and we'll have a better story to tell after today's game. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. Fingers, fingers crossed, everything crossed. If everything goes well, by the next episode, I'll share another one about how the first round went for the Islanders. That's a big promise. It is. Okay, Isles, are you listening? <laughs> I <laughs> sure hope so. <laughs> okay, last question. What number would you pick for your jersey if you were a player? Ooh. Are we going to say the same number? Probably. On the count of three, we'll say our numbers because I feel like it's the same. Ready? Wait, I'm nervous. It's not going to be the right one then. If it's okay, not, okay, if okay. it's not, then it's okay. Ready? One, okay, fine. two, three, thirteen. Thirteen. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I thought so. You can't have two Swifties that have a podcast and have neither of us pick thirteen. <laughs> Is that why you picked it? Yeah, of course. Okay. Okay. For sure. For sure. It's like I'd be a bad Swiftie if I didn't pick thirteen. Yeah. And it's not okay Barzell's if you couldn't number, pick. So. Yeah. Exactly. Lucky thirteen. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Matt Barzell picked well. Yeah, exactly. Is he a secret Swifty? Probably. <laughs> I'm here for it. <laughs> Same. What would you pick if you couldn't pick 13? Oh. I feel like I have to pick another Taylor coded numbers, maybe like 22. Okay. 89. Yeah. I Like, I'm not a big fan of the high up numbers. 15. 17. There are so many Taylor Swift coded numbers to pick from. Yeah. You really can't go wrong. No, you can't. All right. Moving on to today in hockey history. Um, We are recording this episode on April 21st. So following the 1937-38 season, the Canadians and the Red Wings played a nine-game series of exhibition games in Europe. Um, And this was the first time the league played outside of North America. Um, The first of those games was played on April 21st, 1938, with Joseph Toe Blake scoring in overtime to give Montreal a 5-4 win. Um, The game was played in front of 8,000 fans in Earls Court, England. Um, The teams played three games in Earls Court, three in Brighton, England, and another three in Paris, France. That's so cool. I know. I'd love to see games there. 
for sure. Like, I already love the UK in general and Paris as well. Like, I just think that would be so fun to go see a game there. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. Um, Gordie Howe made hockey history in a World Hockey Association game between his Hartford Whalers and the Edmonton Oilers on April 21st, 1978. He scored on his first shift just minutes after finding out that he had become a grandfather. Oh. <laughs> um, Mark and Ginger Howe's first son, Travis, made Gordie the first grandfather to play professionally in hockey history. Oh, I love that. <laughs> so cute. Oh, that's really impressive that he was still playing hockey when he was old enough to be a grandfather. I think he was like 50-something. But so young grandfather, still. but still. Still. <laughs> that's, yeah. That's, oh, that's to really sweet. To be playing sweet. professionally in your 50s? Yeah. Gordie Howe was insane. Oh, yeah. That's, <laughs> there's no question about that. Plus, we love a wholesome family moment. Of course. We had to share it. Of course. Okay. Okay. Our last but not least segment of today's episode are three stars of the week. Our third star. Um, so last Thursday was fan appreciation night for the New York Rangers. And as many teams do, they held a jersey off the back event where players present winning fans with their game-worn jerseys. One fan in particular, Isaiah Marquez Green, received a lot more than just a jersey because Jacob Truba presented him with a scholarship to law school. Um, Isaiah is not only on his way to the University of Connecticut in the fall, um, but he's also a survivor of the Sandy Hook school shooting in 2012. Um, Truba also gave Isaiah his phone number to keep in touch and asked that he send him an invitation to his graduation from law school when the time comes. Um, You know we're big fans of wholesome moments around the NHL, and this comes out on top as one of the most wholesome all season long. So Truba absolutely had to be a star this week. Definitely. We love to see it. We um, also saw a little video of what Truba said to Isaiah. So we'll post that on our stories this week too. Yeah. Super, super sweet. Our number two star this week is Hillary Knight, who became the first player in women's world's history to reach a hundred points. She scored a Hattie in the final matchup between team USA and team Canada. And she also won three silver medals and one gold medal in the Olympics throughout her career. Um, She also serves as an analyst for ESPN. Um, She's clearly showing no signs of slowing down anytime soon. So clear star in our opinion. Yeah. And finishing off with our number one star of the week, we said we would come back to him. Rupe Hintz scored a Hattie in Wednesday night's game against the Wild. Um, This is the first playoff hat trick in Stars history, and it was his first playoff career hat trick and the first one of the playoffs for the season. Um, His three goals included one shorthand goal, one even strength goal, and one power play goal, and the Stars went on to win 7-3 in that game. I love Rupe Hintz. Awesome play from Hintz, to no one's surprise. (laughs) (laughs) All right, that about wraps it up for this very long episode of What the Chell. Thank you for sticking around. If you've made it this far, please subscribe on whatever podcast app you're listening on. Leave us a rating and write us a review on Apple. Follow us everywhere at What the Chell Pod, and we love to hear from you guys, so feel free to shoot us a message about anything we talked about today or about anything in general. We love you guys so, so much. We hope you have a great week and enjoy playoffs, and we'll talk at you next time. Bye. Bye.